Welcome to On Topic Retro, Episode 5. I'm John Cummins. Joining me tonight is Seth Sturgill and Shannon Eno. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Thanks for having us. Or me. Yeah, no, look, you can speak for me too, Shannon. That's great. No, I'm, I'm happy to be here too. I'm, I'm stoked, man. Can I just say, John, you've been killing it with this show, dude. This has been awesome. Yeah. On Topic Retro is like a genuinely good show. I love the little mini-sodes that you do. I've been so impressed with uh, with this show, man. Well done. I'm so thrilled to be a part of it. Well, I appreciate it. I uh, It's been kind of a, just a passion project, a hobby for me. Yeah, man. I'm not a, not a professional, so I'm just having fun and uh, speaking the, uh, getting the word out on some things that people might be interested in. I love it. Great. But uh, yeah, speaking of, tonight we'll be uh, thoroughly and enjoyably going through the Donkey Kong for the Game Boy, which unofficially is called Donkey Kong 94. More people probably know it by that name than its actual name. Uh, I know in Discord, (laughs) Discord we had some confusion, like uh, pointing people to where they could, you know, grab it on 3DS and they're trying to find it using Donkey Kong 94 and you won't really find it that way because that's not its actual name. <laughs> just Donkey Kong. Just Donkey Kong for the Game Boy. <laughs> Which is, I mean, it's kind of funny because it's not even, I mean, there was another Donkey Kong game in 94 as well. So That's true. Another another pretty big Donkey Kong game yeah, in Yeah, another pretty big one. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, as we do, uh, we're going to go around the table here and talk a little bit about of our experiences with the game they don't have to be a uh uh past or present or both i mean you could do both just however you you know just your overall experiences so Shannon, we'll start with you yeah so um i know i'd kind of heard about this game for a while i didn't have it when i originally had my game boy growing up or anything um I just, I I honestly, for years, just thought it was just a straight-up port of Donkey Kong Arcade. Um, Same thing I played on Nintendo and in the arcade and everything else. And um, I'd always liked it, but I was like, well, you know, if I'm going to get a game, when you're a kid, you only have, you know, you only get games on special occasions, you know, Mm -hmm. back then. So I uh, just kind of overlooked it for, for years. And then uh, somebody's like, well, you, you know, that's just the, just the start of it. And so I was like, all right. So uh, I actually picked it up a little over a year ago and uh, quickly discovered just how amazing this game was and how it's not at all Donkey Kong arcade port. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I really the, enjoyed it in the beginning it then. And yeah, yeah, it, it still plays great. Just such a great game. Awesome. Uh, Seth, you, you go for it now. Yeah, so let, let me let me tell you guys a little bit about, about me, a little bit of my superhero secret origin backstory. All right. So I, um, growing up, I definitely played a lot of video games as hand-me-downs from my uncle. My, my uncle Aaron, shout-outs as always to my uncle Aaron. I'll, I give him all the shout-outs in the world. He is the reason I am the person I am today. Like he would give me his hand-me-down stuff. And, you know, it, it was always like when he moved on to something else, I got the old thing. So when he got a Super Nintendo, well, I get the NES, right? When he gets the N64, I get the Super Nintendo. When Game Boy Advance comes out, I get the Game Boy, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I inherited his original Game Boy 
and a bunch of his games. And he had, you know, the classic stuff, the Tetris and whatnot. But um, but Donkey Kong is one of them. And just like you're saying, Shannon, just like I think a lot of people like that game when it came out, you know, when you're talking about 1994, I, I know I'm a little bit younger than you guys. In 1994, I would have been eight and yeah, no, no, no. I would have been seven. And um, I, I remember playing that and just thinking like, yeah, this is cool. This is Donkey Kong. Right. And then very soon after it's like, oh no, it's not just Donkey Kong y'all. Like this isn't, this isn't just, this just isn't the bog standard Donkey Kong. This is very, very different. And I remember just being really like, really taken by Mario's like movement in that game, the yeah. uniqueness of the puzzle. Some of it was too hard. Like some of it was, I, I definitely did not beat the game when I was younger. Um, some of it was hard for me, but like, I, I just remember being really into the kind of vibe of, uh, of Donkey Kong 94, but it was, it was quickly usurped in my mind by, uh, by the other, you know, auspicious Donkey Kong game that was out at that time. <laughs> but uh, now in retrospect, now that we get to look back at this stuff and appreciate it for what it is versus some of the contemporary stuff. Now it's like, I go back to it now and I'm like, Oh my goodness, this, like this holds up so beautifully. So I'm excited to talk about it. This might be a, a, a little bit of a hot take and I'll probably get some, some flack from Dan, but I think the uh, Donkey Kong for the Game Boy in 94 was actually a better game. Like shots fired, dude. Better game <laughs> shots than Donkey fired. Kong Country. Like they're, they're both fun, but the, if the controls to me are like just how clean Donkey Kong 94 yeah. plays, it, it, there's even just, there's almost more game there, you know, overall. I could be Donkey Kong Country in a couple hours. You can't beat yeah. Donkey 94 in a couple hours. It's going to take no. you a while to burn, go through those puzzles. Uh, it's just a it's a fantastic game. I, I had it as a kid. I think I had Donkey Kong Country first, and then I got this game later on by some means. I don't even remember. I definitely didn't beat it when I was a kid either. Uh, as I mentioned in Discord, those some of those last puzzles are just horribly hard to try to, <laughs> try to get through all the yeah, timing dude. and uh, things, but I definitely went back to it in my twenties and played through it all the way through at some point. And then to get ready for this show, I played through, uh, almost twice because I played about half, halfway through the game and my save battery died on my cartridge on my original oh, no. cartridge. Yeah. That's rough, man. Perfect <laughs> so, timing, right? <laughs> always <laughs> the stuff always happens to me so yeah i got plenty of practice i played the uh so i ended up the i got it on the 3ds so i could uh finish playing through it the rest of the way but of course i had to start from the beginning so but uh yeah no i totally forgot how difficult some of those puzzles towards the end uh even some of the ones in the middle the airplane world is especially difficult where the you're constantly getting blown by the wind oh yeah you have to make all your moves you have to time everything just right because you're getting blown away but yeah wind mechanics and games oh especially, <laughs> especially when i'm kind. trying to solve a puzzle at the same time yeah gotta think there, too there's plenty of plenty of those puzzles where you have to burn a life just so you can see the the whole right. puzzle you know get far enough realize you went the wrong way and then <laughs> end up having to eat, eat it to get back to where you were 
Oh, oh! Full disclosure, like I, I've been playing this game a lot recently, gearing up for this episode on a 3DS Virtual Console, and like full disclosure, save states all over the place. <laughs> like I've been using save states like crazy, y'all. Like I just, you're right. I do that. I make I make a save state the second I get into the stage, and then I do that kind of quick run to figure it out. I'm like, all right, cool, revert. <laughs> now I can pull yeah. it off. <laughs> I actually I played through the whole game and I forgot that it, that I could do save states on the 3ds virtual console. So oh, like it's it so nice. It blew my mind, like or escaped my mind as after I, I got, I was like, Oh yeah, you get save states with virtual console. I totally forgot. But I mean, they, you generously get so many lives in that game. So burning lives isn't as, as big of a deal. I think by That's the time true. I finished, I had like 80 lives. Yeah. Yeah. You start really <laughs> racking them up. If you get, if you're, if you're, getting all the little collectibles in every stage yeah. you're not, Get the you're not gonna, just like whatnot. just like a donkey kong country like it's it's really not that hard to rack up the lives in in donkey kong games you need them sometimes but you end up racking them up yeah which we'll get to we'll get to all the uh ins and outs of of how the game works and and all those things uh later in the show but I think we've got experiences out of the way, and it sounds like we all have some pretty good ones with this game. No negative experiences. One of these times, I'm going to get a person on the show that just doesn't like the game but wanted to be on the show anyway, <laughs> and I'll get like some or or have some kind of horror story of an experience as a kid, like for a game, <laughs> but end up loving it later or something. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm waiting for. Eventually, I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll find it, but. Yeah, so uh, we'll we'll go ahead and head into some game discussion. This will be just a general overview of the game, uh, from development to uh, we can we'll talk a little bit about story, gameplay, and we'll just we'll just knock this one out and go all the way through it. This game was released on July 22nd, 1994 in the U.S., uh, June 14th, 1994 in Japan, and September 24th of 1994 in Europe. So this, this kind of surprised me. You know, usually in this time period, games were kind of more staggered on their release, but this one was pretty a pretty tight window for all three regions. I guess not a lot to, uh, not a lot to translate. <laughs> That's yeah, true. not a ton of localization, I guess, right? Yeah. There's not a whole lot of like dialogue and like deep yeah, narrative much, in the game or anything. Yeah, I guess you have to change the help. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's different yeah. languages, that's about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the game was developed by Nintendo EAD and produced by Miyamoto for the Game Boy. And it's, as we've talked about, loosely based on the 1981 arcade game Donkey Kong. It starts out that way, and, and you learn very quickly this isn't your grandma's Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the game is recognized by its working title, Donkey Kong 94, which we've mentioned that. Uh, so many people, I'll, I'll, be, I'll just mention it as Donkey Kong, and, and no one knows it that way. So this is just kind of the, the moniker that it's assumed over time. Uh, the gameplay is also similar to the original cart <coughs> arcade game. It's not a, it's not a uh, one-to-one comparison. There's lots of different things, uh, new things that Mario can do. Like 
I know when you when you first start playing the game, uh, you just instantly go you limit yourself because you don't know yeah. about the move set. So you're just playing right. Donkey Kong as you would in the arcade. I gotta uh, they, tell you, when I oh, when I first played you saying that, that's exactly what I was doing. And mm-hmm. I I was just like, all right, the first four levels I did just like I would in the arcade. And then we switch up and I'm like, what the heck am I supposed to be doing here? Like I I'm <laughs> just using those moves was not working. And then I was like, how do I, I got to pick up a key? And I'm, I, I mean, I didn't realize there was going to be Mario two element, you know, control elements oh, yeah. too, you know, yeah. picking stuff up. And, you know, I was like, wait, I can, I can actually jump on some of the enemies and lift them up and like lift up barrels to throw back. Like, I mean, it just, and, and, and I think, you know, I, I don't remember if I ended up looking up a video or looking up something. It was like, oh, oh, wait, okay, I can flip Mario upside down and then he can jump higher and I can do this and I can do it. And it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> now we can get somewhere. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's definitely, I know my first revisit, I lose these things every time. Every time I go back to a game, if it's been longer than a year, it's a brand new game to me. A lot yes, of times. I've slept I don't since know. then. Yeah, yeah I, don't know, I don't know what it is, <laughs> but when I, when I was playing it on my original cart before my battery died, I was playing the game like it was Donkey Kong arcade game mm-hmm. yeah, at the fir- at the beginning before I started remembering some of the moves. When I get to the 3DS, the virtual console, to play my playthrough again, I mean, I blew right through the first four levels instantly because now I can jump like all the way across right. the level almost without, you know, I can skip parts of it without even trying. <laughs> Yeah. You don't need to use ladders anymore on the first level of Donkey Kong. You could just literally jump right up the rungs and, and jump straight up. Yeah. It's it's actually it's really brilliant the way they dole that stuff out too, because while you do have like that move set available, you 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 don't know that it's there, but the game will kind of slowly over the course of the I don't want to call the story, but like the the kind of like mid world cutscenes. Cut yeah. Yeah. It'll kind of it'll kind of showcase like this stuff that turns out you can do and will need to do for the puzzles in the following world. So that that's really brilliant. Yeah. And something I was kind of disappointed in with the 3DS virtual console is its lack of uh, like, it should have been the super game boy version, right? It's totally available. I mean, you, they could have had it on there, but you get the plain Jane, you know, game boy version, which I mean, it's still mm-hmm. good, but, Whenever you're you're playing your your 2ds or 3ds, and this is like an advanced hardware, and they're giving you the Game Boy version over the Super Game Boy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the reason I mention that is because this is the first game to take advantage of the Super Game Boy's uh, technical enhancements for Game Boy games. You know, you get the nice arcade border, uh, all kinds of nice colors. You know, the color palette it, for it the amazing. Super Game Boy version is very beautiful. Yeah, it was actually one of, that's actually how I first started playing it. I got it home and I had been told like, yeah, if you got a Super Game Boy, use it. And uh, and I was like, oh, wow, that's cool because it does. It looks like the nice arcade board set out and yep. and the color, like you said, like the colors are some of the best on that on that um, Super Game Boy adapter. Yeah, it's something that I mean. Playing this game on on the original Game Boy when you're a kid, you don't have any other choice. But you know, in the modern modern age, there's definitely way better ways to play this game. I mean, I have a backlit Game Boy now. I played on Super Game Boy. Uh, 
I'm pretty sure that if you played it in your Game Boy player, you get the same effects as if it's a Super Game Boy. I would assume so, yeah. I would have to check that out. I haven't done that in a while with a, an original Game Boy game. I usually play Game Boy Advance games on there. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's awesome. If you put it, if anybody out there is like me and you have a Game Boy operator, the Game Boy operator uses the Super Game Boy the oh, cool. color palette. So that was a really cool thing, too, because that's how I was playing it originally. I was bouncing back and forth between my operator and my Game Boy. So. Oh yeah, I I was just I mean look when I was a kid playing that on Game Boy, I was just I, I say this all the time like, I'm just happy to be here like I'm just happy to have this on on oh, the yeah. handheld like I I'm just I'm stoked to just have this game on my handheld <laughs> and it looks great even on just a straight up Game Boy too it does it, I mean it really really holds up well it's not it's yeah it, everything's very detailed still um, so. I mean, if you really think about it, if, if you step back, I mean, I realize the Game Boy lasted, you know, a decade. Long this time. was already five years into the Game Boy's life when this game came out. So that would be like the difference. Like, that'd be like getting a Switch game today, you know, and right. comparing it to what Nintendo could do whenever, you know, Odyssey released. It's a, they've had a lot of time to be able to build all these things up and, and create like a, just a, you know, very graphically good looking game there's lots of game boy games that are that look like do like <laughs> yeah they're, they're not the, the way do you want to play like like anytime there was a game boy version of like an nes game it's not the right way to do that you want to play the <laughs> nes version <laughs> most of the yeah. time yeah <laughs> they did a good job though i mean nintendo in general in the game boy era i was talking about this i don't remember which dev, we're, we're all in like so many different discords i don't remember where this conversation came up but we were talking about kind of like design within limitation and how good Nintendo is at doing that. And like, yep. I think the game boy super accentuates that And this game in particular, like this, this game, you know, there are a few levels that involve like some, some amount of scrolling or whatever, but a large amount of the levels in the game are just single screen, just like the old Donkey oh, yeah. Kong games. And, um, and, and I think that's really cool. I think that just really showcases the amount of depth and puzzles and level design you can get in by and large, just a single screen to say nothing of, you know, the game's got like boss fights and stuff. And like, they, they pull off a lot with a little in this game. They do. It's, it's insane. I mean, the, the game boy is like the little engine that could, I mean, it, Mm -hmm. it's the reason why I love handhelds as much as I do today. was playing a game boy as a kid. Like, that's where I gravitate towards is, is handheld gaming for the most part. Well, not only does it sound good, or I mean, look good, but it sounds good too. Oh yeah, like, it does. The music Music's is really great. good. And, and while we're talking about Super Game Boy, you know, I mean, popping it into the Super Game Boy and, uh, and you know, your other ways of doing, you know, pulling that Super Game Boy functionality, um, you actually get some different sound effects too. Um, oh, dude, like, uh, that's awesome! Like you can actually, like Pauline's actually calling for help. Instead yeah, of instead of it being like a little, a noise. oh, cool. Yeah, which was yeah, you do cool get enhanced idea. audio too. That's one of the benefits of the Super Game Boy for some games. That's sick. Uh, yeah, that's like I said. This the game's not overly complicated. There's not like this you know, crazy secret development story. It was just a very well-produced game at a time where uh, Game Boy games were kind of uh, 
few and far between like good first party ones were at that time so like it kind of came out at a welcome time for the Game Boy I, I did put a little bit of story in here, like just the little blurb that I can find. <laughs> but uh, so the, how the story goes is just like the original Donkey Kong arcade game. You play as Mario and you're trying to save Pauline from the clutches of the mighty Donkey Kong himself. I mean, it's I mean, technically by today's lore, he's not Donkey Kong. He's Cranky Kong. But right. He's the OG Donkey Kong. True. And uh, yeah, so the, that that's the other part of the game is there's no real story being told. It's all done by the little cutscenes, like we were talking about in between each four uh, stages inside one of the worlds. And those those cutscenes are pretty hilarious. A lot of times, like the little obstacles that get thrown in Mario's way as he's trying to trying to figure it out. But but again, they're also learning tools to show you how the next set of levels are going to work. They add new tools that. to your tool belt, and it's it's funny because you know you might rack your head on a on a level not understanding what you need to do, and you just have to go back and remember. Or you know, we live in the day of YouTube; you can go back and rewatch that cutscene, and it pretty much tells you what you need to do. Uh, there's no, there's no. Uh, I don't have the manual for it. You could, I don't know. On the virtual console, doesn't have the manual. You can pull up. It's a good question. I think. I think so. I think you can pull up the manual for most of those games. I'll check as we're talking. So but, yeah. one of the things, like p- pulling the switches, like at first I didn't realize how to do that. Like you have to hold B and go the opposite direction. I wasn't, that wasn't the first thing I thought of to do. I was like trying to just hit a button and seeing if it would flip the switch. So that's something that having the manual would have been handy for. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And they, I mean, you know, they, they definitely... They, they kind of rely on that. So that there there is a manual um, for I'm, I'm looking at it right now for the, the 3DS virtual console, but it's not like it's not like a scan of the old school manual. It just but it does yeah, tell it you like there's... basic controls. And yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. You know. yeah, that's one. I, I, this is a game that I think at some point uh, it's one of my favorite Game Boy games. I'll probably buy oh, yeah. a complete inbox copy at some point. In fact, I'll probably yeah. Buy a, a complete inbox or a new one, and I might even give mine my other copy away at some point. But uh, it's just one of my one of my favorites. It's, it's definitely worth having the complete inbox and having the manual and, and everything. The box is an, is really nice looking too for a Game Boy game. Yeah, I, I love I love the box art. I love the you know the music, the sprite work and stuff. But I think like my my favorite thing is, and I know we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but like that game just feels so good to play, man. Like it, it holds up so unbelievably well. Like I, I couldn't believe it. Like playing it again here these past few days, kind of reacquainting myself with it. I couldn't believe how well it hold up in terms of gameplay. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, th- I feel like I'm sorry to interrupt you, but Oh no, no. Yeah. It's, it's Mario. Mario's got probably the most complex move set, at least in 2d Mario 
in this game versus any other 2D Mario style game. It's awesome. Oh yeah, could you imagine having this kind of move set in any of the NES games? Like Right. It would be crazy. Yeah, he definitely he he has more movement than anything else uh, you know Mario related at that at that time. Um I mean, the way he moves and 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 for a Game Boy game, I mean, it's just like I there isn't another Game Boy game that moves as well as that one, I think just the control, everything is just so fluid. Yes. Smooth. So smooth. They, uh, once you get the little flick jump down, you just, you have it made, like you can just fly through the levels. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some parts in the, uh, game that you have to use it for. So like you, you learn it eventually, but, and you're forced to get it down, but it's definitely something that just makes quick work of a lot of the, the, especially the boss levels where you're trying to get reach Donkey Kong, mm-hmm. you can just kind of fly through there. Oh yeah, dude! Like by the end of this game, you're like you're you're running around as Mario. You're doing like handstands. You're letting enemies like bounce off of your feet. You're jumping. You're back flipping. You're grabbing onto wires and spinning around and doing like high jumps and like in there and all kinds. Yeah, of trapeze swinger like Mario and whatnot. You're picking up barrels and throwing them back at Donkey Kong. It's like this, like it's awesome and and like to to have a genuinely great and smartly designed puzzle game wrapped around those mechanics that still feel so good today like it's it's awesome like it's it's really brilliant the way they there's one level in particular where i was playing this last night and i think it's in world like three or four and there's a level where you have to manipulate these bugs that are walking there's like a bridge that quarters off the bugs and you have to manipulate and let out some and then close it back i was like this is just like a brilliant puzzle game dude like you could stack this up next to any other puzzle game releasing in 2022 like it is just a really smartly designed game on top of how good it feels how good it looks how good it sounds like it's just really smartly designed i mean even the the water world is pretty well done like with uh waterfalls you have to like swim up the waterfall and just the whole thing just is crazy. Like how they fit all this on a Game Boy cartridge. You would be shocked. This this has got more variety than than basically any other Mario game. And it's just like, and this was supposed to just be like a little Game Boy port of the arcade Donkey Kong. But but it's like they took that and they said, you know what? No, like we have learned, you know, 2D platformers have come a long way since 1981, you know, yeah. so... Like we were taking some of this stuff because, you know, when you play the original Donkey Kong, like it feels very, I mean, this is like really the first like 2D platformer properly. Um, And so like you're, you know, the jumping is very like kind of stilted. It's kind of, you know, it's very just up and down, very stiff. And this game really does have a fluidity to it. It takes advantage of all the things Nintendo has learned as game makers, you know, in that in that gap of time. Um, I really appreciate that about this game. And I, I think like it reminds me of in a weird way. And I know this is an odd comparison to make, but like playing the game reminded me of how I feel when I play Mario Odyssey, like just how fluid the movement in Mario Odyssey is yep. and how you're chaining together all these different movement actions. And yeah, it feels like it really, a 3D game. Yeah. And like, you're just like, you're, it, it reminds me of how it feels when you're running around New Donk City and Mario Odyssey, where it's like, oh, I'm grabbing this thing and I'm flinging myself in that direction and I'm rolling and I'm sprinting and I'm jumping and, 
it's just it's really really fluid i can't overstate that man it's they yeah, they I nailed mean, it it could even be where the uh you know inspiration for uh being able to swing on the signposts and stuff mm-hmm. in mario odyssey came from in that level it there's feels like of, that yeah there's lots of that same kind of traversal happening and you know speaking of the the development of this and you know how they in a sense remixed donkey kong that this to me is probably why we got the nes remixes for you know later on for other mm. nes games yeah. because it's essentially a you know a perfect template for how to do it i mean you just take you know take the original content and say well i'm just going to add all these new elements because that's i mean that's how those nes games work we have all these new things that you can add to a game and they make them for the better and can I yeah. just say how exciting it is to be able to actually get rid of the hammer when you're done using it? Yes. You could actually throw it, jump up, and grab it again on the next yep. level up. I mean, that's just it's oh, crazy. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's some levels in there that require it. Like You have, you have to. to yep. You have to get real handy with the hammer. Like Not not even just throwing it up, but like trying to move it across a whole level yeah. from like side to side and holding on to it, but... Uh, and in fact, there's one, you know, how you have the little uh, timed power ups throughout the game, like uh, bridges and ladders and mm-hmm. things like there's even a mm-hmm. there's a couple levels where they have the hammer as one of those, like where you can just keep picking it up over and over again. It doesn't disappear. Right. So. So smart. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, just a little bit about the uh, some of the things that just the basic outline of the gameplay in the, in the game itself. There's, we've already mentioned you start out and you play the first four levels of the, well, the only four levels of Donkey Kong, <laughs> the arcade yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you think that it's just going to continue like it does in, in the arcade, but then you're treated to uh, nine brand new worlds of gameplay, uh, which equals out to 101 levels of Donkey Kong, which is insane. Like, Dude. like I said, this game is huge. Yeah. It's, you know, easily three times larger than Donkey Kong Country. I've, if, if I'm really, like, I think it took me about six hours to beat it. And I was that moving at right. a pretty good pace. So, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, and I mean, the worlds are so different. It's not uh, copy-paste. You have so many different ideas. You have a water world, like I said, airplane, uh, snow, jungle. There's, I mean, they're all just, there's a desert level with some different things. There's more enemies than I remembered. Oh, yeah, the jungle is, like, they throw that at you right away, and you're just like, ooh, man. Yeah, there's (laughs) a jungle, and there's a forest, but they actually feel quite a bit different. and, And you actually get some donkey kong jr yes oh yeah like revisited by like i mean you're you're you know climbing up those vines collecting this i mean it's like wow this is this is just how they incorporated basically incorporated that game into this too um and still felt fresh yeah the the game really feels like the natural evolution of like not only the Mario series and the Donkey Kong series, just like like both at the same time, taking everything that they learned from Mario and Donkey Kong at that place in time and just making this sort of like ultimate 
you know, th- this like ultimate version of both of those in a new Donkey Kong game. And I got to imagine, like I wasn't there in 1981 playing the original arcade game or whatever, and then playing this, but I have to, that, that's like one of the great plot twists in game history. Like to, to go through those first four worlds, like it's a normal Donkey Kong experience, like, okay, cool. It's Donkey Kong again. And then like the girders fall and then Donkey Kong's like, nope, it's not over. I'm going to grab Pauline, jump up. And then you're on a world, like a map select screen. Like it's like, it's a Mario adventure, you know, like that's so mind blowing to me that they pulled that off the way they did. And then, yeah, to go into, like John said, like 101 levels, like, what is this game, man? It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I mean, like you said, it has Donkey Kong Jr. in it, which is, you know, the only time you really see him as an enemy. You're usually either, you know, you're playing as him or he's like a trophy or something in Smash Brothers. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> the deep he's lore. very annoying. He's very annoying with the switching of switches <laughs> that he does. I'd have to say the desert, though. I, I, do, I don't know what it is, but I love the desert levels in Mario games. Yeah, and this one just—I don't know—I just that kind of that almost explorer, you know, slight Indiana Jones-ish type, yep. you know. Even though it's even though it's still a Donkey Kong game, it just has a different, you know, that just slightly different feel. It just feels unique, and um, those are some of my favorite puzzles actually in the game. I mean, it wasn't too—I mean, it was still fairly early on, so they weren't overly difficult, but they were just they're so much fun. Yeah, it seems like desert games in Mario always change up the formula quite a bit. There's always a lot more going on in those levels. Uh, the only desert level that I don't like in a Mario game is Mario 64 with... Uh, oh, what's the name of that one? It's like... Is it hot. is it just... Yeah, like, uh, is, is it just like Hot Hot Desert or... Hot Hot Dunes or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, that level's garbage okay. i hate yeah that i'll give you that mario 64 <laughs> <laughs> that's the most annoying it's like you can't walk anywhere that's quicksand <laughs> I do just love too this idea of like Donkey Kong kind of diverging into two different paths in 1994. Like I kind of, I kind of like this idea of having like two branches of Donkey Kong kind of making themselves like planting their flags in the ground of like, okay, this is what the classic Donkey Kong formula is. Now this is the evolution of the classic Donkey Kong formula. And of course it would go on to kind of, kind of, you know, the Mario versus Donkey Kong series is kind of like the natural progression of that. Um, Exactly. But then you also have on the flip side, Donkey Kong country, which would obviously go on to be like much more popular, but I do love that there are kind of two different flavors of Donkey Kong that existed at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely don't sleep on the Mario vs. Donkey Kong games. They're also very good, uh, well-crafted. Uh, definitely feel the same way where you're working with a lot less, but you get a lot more out of it uh, type of feel that this game has. Uh, they're definitely doing some unique things in those games. Whereas... Yeah. 
Donkey Kong Country kind of just seemed to stay in the same same vein. Uh, just you know, getting a little more difficult. Uh, lot just more difficult let's let's do that, on. but more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And don't get me wrong. So like I love Pokemon. Donkey Kong Country. I don't want Dan to like disown me as a friend. I love <laughs> I love Dan, but like Donkey Kong Country definitely is more like safe. I feel like than than this yeah. game and the other games. Yeah, I mean, even Dan has admitted that Donkey Kong Country, the original one, is very, uh, like, it's the best one in the the series. To we both kind of agree on for that, but like, it's also the played it safe platformer type right and then you know the second game a lot of people say is better but i I don't know we both like the first game the second (laughs) game is five favorite so i yeah Yeah. mine too i mean this isn't the donkey Kong country episode but it's right right, 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 right. (laughs) it's a great game i'll take nothing away from donkey Kong country although i will say i just want to i want to throw this out here too since we're talking about classic donkey kong um i do like this might be a hot take Pauline is my favorite Mario love interest. Always has been. I, I'll take her over Peach. I'll take her over, I guess, Daisy? Not really. And I'll also take her over Rosalina. Like, I think I, I love Pauline. Because a lot of people, when when Pauline pops up in Mario Odyssey, a lot of people are like, who the heck is Pauline, you know? But to have that kind of history that goes all the way back to... And, and that carries forward into the Mario versus Donkey Kong series, where it's still Mario going after Pauline, you know, and I, I kind of like yep. that. I kind of like that they have so much history and, you know, Peach has never had anything for Mario anyway. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, she just wants him to save her all the time, but yeah, he gets a cake it. every now and then, you know what I mean? But like, yeah. I, I, I like that. I like that Pauline, they have that kind of history together. So Pauline is best girl. That's my hot take. <laughs> <laughs> well, not to mention she, she becomes mayor of new donk city. Right. So, you she know, has yeah. prospects. Yeah, that's right. She's going places. A I mean, singer? technically, according to the lore that we got from the 1993 Mario Brothers movie, uh, Daisy is Luigi's girl. True. Right? And they typically pair up Daisy with, with Luigi also, you know, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I mean, I guess Mario is saving Daisy in the, uh, the Mario Land games. Mario Land games, yeah. Kind of, I guess the first game. I don't even know if she's in the second game now that I think of it. I don't think so. No, I think you're, you're literally just, just, it's trying just to Wario. Wario. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's, she didn't, but, she but, but I love long. Pauline. <laughs> I love Pauline. Pauline should get more love, man. <laughs> yeah. Really it's not until recently that she's been in more, uh, more games. Like she was in, wasn't she in, uh, Mario golf super yeah. rush? Yes. Actually, yes, who I cool. who I play the most of in that game. Nice, and then good man. Maybe, maybe tennis. Did she make it in aces? I, I don't know remember. if she was in tennis. I, I didn't play that much of tennis. So. She may have been DLC or something. But, but really, I mean, in the not until the until the Switch came along was she even playable in any games. Yeah, she's it's not in cart new, still. No, so kind of a new deal. Well, that's because Card is actually a ten-year-old game. <laughs> yeah, that's Mario fair. Kart Nine. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> She'll finally make it, hopefully. Uh, yeah, we we kind of touched on this too, but each one of the levels has a uh, set of three items that belong to Pauline that you have to collect in order to unlock a bonus uh, 
mini game at the end of the level when you complete it. I think one of them is a purse. One of them is an umbrella. And I'm not sure what that other one is. Let's see, it's purse, umbrella, and... Yeah, I don't know what it's supposed to be. I don't know if it's I, supposed I, to be like shoes or something. Yeah, I can't remember what the <laughs> somebody's shouting is right now at their yeah, phone. Somebody oh, is yeah. shouting. I'm sure <laughs> you idiots. It's, it's it's really hard to depict on the on the Game Boy with the those sprites, but a few pixels. I could definitely dude. tell. Yeah, I could definitely tell that one of them is a purse, and I could tell the one's an umbrella for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the other yeah, one. It's I'm a few pixels. Give on. me a break, man. And then they, yeah. you know, they throw in like one ups and stuff like that. The, the extra lives are in there and whatnot that you can collect. But then, yeah, it's cool because if you collect them all, like not only does the game calculate like your your score, your your remaining time and stuff at the end of the stage, because the game does incentivize you to get through the levels as quickly as possible. That score will then translate into additional lives at the end of the set of levels that culminate in the boss fight. But then between levels. Yeah, when you collect all three of them, you get a little mini game. You get like a little uh, like slot machine or roulette wheel that'll give you yep. more lives. It's really fun. Okay, guys. Yeah, I mean, apparently, it's her hat. I just oh, it's a hat. That's yeah, a hat. Got it. Okay. Because then you that which makes sense because then in Odyssey she wants you to collect the those items when you're in New Donk City for her. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. So kind of continues makes sense. that. Makes sense. Nice continuity it's a great thing i love it um but yeah and, and it, as you get going uh past the first four levels uh each level will now contain a key that you have to get and a door and sometimes that door isn't even visible there's a couple levels where the door is invisible and you have to uh at the beginning of each level you'll see the help you know you'll see either donkey kong go in a door or you'll see a door that just says help coming out of it. So in, or, in order for you to know where the door's at, you have to be paying attention at the beginning of the level to see where it was actually at. Because <laughs> I made right. that mistake. I was like, where is that dang door? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and even the cast of like just odds and ends enemies that are in the game. You know, you get some bugs looking guys. You've got, I think one of them is like a hedgehog. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the trash can guy that you, <laughs> right. that you don't even know exists because you've been like picking up and throwing trash cans at enemies <laughs> the whole game. And then you go to pick one up and a guy comes, pops out of it. <laughs> there's a lot of weird little enemies like that. I, I'm a sucker yeah. for, I, I love dumb, obscure Mario enemies. And like, it is kind of funny that you don't see like some of the traditional Mario enemies in this game. Like I know it's you know it's a Donkey Kong game, so it doesn't really make sense. But you, you you don't even really get too many of the traditional Donkey Kong enemies. I mean, you get like every so often they'll throw in one of those like fireball you know enemies or whatever. But yeah, it doesn't take long for them to ditch that. You know, I mean that's really the only original yeah. Donkey Kong enemy is the fireball that comes out of the burn barrel. Yeah, or the oil. I was trying to figure out if the bugs were supposed to be you know, from the original Mario brothers game. Um, yeah. You know, one of them's a ladybug or if, yeah, some of them are just, yeah. Couldn't well, quite figure thing, either, but they some of work, them aren't enemies. Some of them are, uh, allies. So you have yeah, to like, like platforms. Yeah. yeah. You have to learn which ones are, are being used as moving platforms. And cause 
you get a blend like the level that Seth was talking about earlier. You have to let the ladybugs out and try to keep yeah. the other spiky bugs in because you can't ride on them and they get in the way whenever you're trying to ride around a level. <laughs> yeah. They uh, give you very little room. You can't really jump over them, but you have to yeah. figure out how to let the ladybugs out so you can ride on their back and get up to the higher platforms. So cool. I love that. The, like I said, there, I think there's one that's in the, the forest level, the first world there that I think they're supposed to be hedgehogs. Like whenever mm -hmm. I, I kind of looked at some of the sprites in more detail, and I'm pretty sure that that one's a hedgehog that's in there, the one enemy that you can't touch. Because that, that's, again, you also have to learn which ones you can touch and which ones you can't, because kind of like in Mario 2, some of the enemies you can eliminate just by jumping on them and picking them up, and you can throw them. And, and even in the water worlds, you have some, some different types of fish. There's a squid. There's just all kinds of things going going on in there yeah and, and then you can also use the key as a weapon like that's yeah. something yes. that i forgot for a long time i was like oh wait the key is a weapon i can use it to just destroy all the enemies in my path yeah that's where i, I was saying that the 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 um some of the actions that you can do are are very reminiscent of mario super mario Bros. 2 mm -hmm. um yeah you know where once you get the hang of that and you start thinking that way you know it's like, okay, this, this enemy, I can jump on this enemy. You pick it up, I can throw it. I can, you know, and then you start doing the same thing with the keys. And some of those levels, you really have to use the key a lot just to get through the level to, before you can even get to the door. And if you don't pick that key back up in time, it'll it actually reset. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> which, which, uh, screwed me over more than once. Yeah, oh, some yeah. of the some of the hardest ones are whenever you have to maneuver the key through the conveyor belts, and like you have to switch the conveyor belts back and forth to get the key to its destination, and then you have mm -hmm. to be able to get there fast enough before it, it goes back to its original spot. Yep. So, I mean, just oh, yeah. the some of the level design, it's it's just crazy that you know this is all in the Game Boy. Like this, this definitely could have been an NES game, like a full console game. Oh man, it would have sold fantastically. But another thing Maybe. that I think about too, with um, I, I love how the game kind of forces you to like observe the enemy's patterns and really get to you. Really, kind of have to get to know the way the enemies are going to operate. Um, there's a really good example that I can think of. We like we talked about the ladybugs that you can kind of like ride on the backs of, and um, there's a couple of enemies like that that you can kind of utilize as platforms. There are these enemies that are like these stone dudes that can walk on spikes, and it's really cool. There's a level I think it's in the ship world um, where on the top uh, top half of the screen you've got two of them that are kind of like walking back and forth on spikes. Then you've got one at the bottom that's just standing there. You're like, what's he doing? You know, and then like you you come to realize that oh, I can create a bridge to have him walk over go onto the spikes and then I could use him as a platform to safely collect the key, you know? And I just, that, that's so brilliant to me. The, the way that they illustrate top half of the screen, this is how the enemies are, are, you know, reacting. This is the way they work in the rule set of the game. Bottom half of the screen, this is the puzzle you have to solve with that knowledge. I love that. There, there's also one where the enemies are all up top and there's a set of spikes on the bottom 
And right. You have to toggle a bunch of switches to work them down to the bottom to be able to walk across the spikes. That one takes a little while too, because you got to traverse the top half of the level and then come down the other side and, and start operating the switches. And I remember the first time I'm like, the key's over there. There's got to be some way to cross these spikes. And like, I was just racking my head and I was like, oh wait, I forgot those stone guys. You can, you can ride them on the spikes. <laughs> but yeah, there's just all kinds of, just all the creativity. There's so much, so much going on in this game. Every, every level feels at least somewhat different. Mm-hmm. Some of them feel kind of like, you know, just we, we need an extra level for this area. But the majority of them feel like very well thought out. Uh, there's a different, you know, theme for each one, something you have to figure out that's special. And that's the, uh, what about the, one of the allies that you have to use is a monkey whose tail hangs off half the platform and you have to ride yes. him, ride his tail <laughs> across. It's brilliant, <laughs> right. man. There's just, there's so much, uh, so much good stuff. Like I said, in, in, I mean, they teach you that early on because there's also some aspects of Donkey Kong Jr. in this game where you can climb mm-hmm. vines and, you know, you learn really fast that if you're holding on to two vines, you can move a lot faster. Yep. And then there's the stupid birds that lay eggs on you <laughs> while you're climbing on a vine. Yeah. That's something you're not expecting either. Cause I just was like, you know, you're kind of, kind of like Seth was saying, I'm sitting here watching this bird's pattern and he's just flying back and forth. So I wasn't thinking anything of it. I climb halfway up the vine and he stops and lays an egg. <laughs> knocks me <laughs> off the vine. Wrong neighborhood. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Oh man, no, that I don't know. There, the more I think about it, this is this is probably my favorite Game Boy game, at least of this of its kind, like puzzle game. Yeah, it's up there for sure. Like when you compare it to some of the other, like just just you know, great Game Boy, your your Metroid Twos, your Link's Awakenings, you know, like those games maybe have more like narrative, you know, fat to chew on or whatever, or more atmosphere or whatever. Like like Link's Awakening is still one of my favorite stories in any Zelda game, and then you know Metroid Two, just like Metroid always does, it nails the atmosphere. But when it comes to gameplay, when it comes to actual like gameplay innovation and creativity. Donkey Kong 94 like is unmatched dude like it, it's it's absolutely unmatched it still stands shoulder to shoulder with any puzzle game releasing today for my money like straight up oh yeah definitely yeah. I mean I even made mention like it you could it could be released as an indie game today and, and people yeah. would just eat it up like if you just reskinned it and used some of the same ideas they were doing people would be playing it today talking by the way why aren't people doing that like that never (laughs) ceases to amaze me i'm like why isn't there some indie studio that's just like you know what i'm just gonna do donkey kong 94 again like i'm just gonna do this but with different characters yeah take the take the good parts out i mean all of it's good but i mean the parts you can use and get away with using uh and just create different puzzles there's all kinds of steal it where's my donkey kong 94 clone man Somebody, somebody get the uh, the Popeye license, and we'll go backwards. Ooh. And, and, you know, yeah. They couldn't get Popeye, so they made Donkey Kong. Now somebody can't get Donkey Kong, they get Popeye. That'd be kind of <laughs> sick, actually. It would be, and it's and it's funny because you know at that point in time, Popeye was was huge, and today right. nobody cares about Popeye. <laughs> yeah, instead <laughs> right. of Pauline, he got olive oil. Instead That's of right. uh, what's his name? Is it yep. Bluto? Is that the Bluto? The, yeah, yep, yeah. Bluto. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Donkey Kong. I mean, it worked perfectly. Like it, it's it's pretty uh pretty crazy how the Mario universe 
was adapted from that from that <laughs> that's so funny yeah yeah you just throw uh throw wimpy in there and you know good to go you're good oh, to man. go who would who would wimpy be would that be yoshi yeah that's Yo- wimpy's yoshi eating the burgers <laughs> yeah glad you trade you to uh tuesday for a hamburger today exactly you know? yeah yeah just the <laughs> good old wimpy floating around on the from the smell of a burger <laughs> so i i can't think of i was trying to think of if we left anything out but i can't think of anything specifically gameplay wise uh we talked about the handstand we talked about the little flick jump where if you move the the d-pad in opposite direction yeah. while you're jumping you'll do a higher jump like a flip jump mm-hmm. uh yeah, and if if you're doing the handstand and an enemy falls off of a platform or a barrel, you can catch it with like kind of tip it over with your feet, and then you yes. can go back and pick it up. Last, we have to talk about the last boss fight at least. I, I forgot about that. We definitely don't want to leave that out. But where you're playing, or you're fighting against the giant Donkey Kong, big old you, Donkey Kong, oh, yeah. Because you get, I think you get shrunk by a mushroom, is how they explain that. Because <laughs> yes, this game has the poison mushroom in it from lost levels as well, right? It makes right. you shrink. Of course, it which does. is very very annoying whenever Donkey Kong Junior is throwing them at you and you're trying to you know, go across the level, but, uh, but yeah, that last, that last boss fight's a doozy. You have to do some pretty good maneuvering out of the way. And, it, and the only way you can get the barrels is by catching them with your feet yep. uh, in that fight. And man, he, it's, you have to be quick, uh, to get a barrel tipped over and then get to it and pick it up before he smashes it. Cause it, he moves pretty quick. It, t- it took me a while to get the timing down the first the first couple times I, I attempted it because I would get the barrel turned over and I would go to pick it up. And by the time I get on top of it, he's already slamming his hand down and breaks it. So yep. you definitely have to choose your choose your battles because, you know, just like any Mario game, you get hit once, you're done unless you're holding something. Right. Yeah, I love some of the boss fights in the game. I also love, this is a really tiny detail, but like I, I love some of the little like animations that Mario does that like you you yeah. really get some personality with Mario in this game just by the animation that kind of reminds me a little bit of Super Mario World. Like whenever he lands one of those backflips, he kind of, you know, raises his arms. And if he, you yeah. can actually survive a pretty long fall. If you fall too far, you'll die, but you can survive a pretty yeah. decent fall and he'll kind of fall and he'll kind of have like the one little twitchy, you know, finger up and everything and yeah. like <laughs> an anime or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> like kind of a wily e. coyote kind of vibe, you know, <laughs> yeah, if you, if you fall from too far, he gets the classic, like the little halo. <laughs> yes. He, he I love that. And like sometimes, if you hit the uh, if you hit the B button at the right time uh, from a good distance, he won't. He'll do a roll instead of the uh, one where he just kind of falls and, and gets stunned right. for a little while. 
but you have to also have to watch out because sometimes that roll will be the last thing you need and you'll just like roll off a platform that you were trying to. <laughs> yeah. I've had that happen plenty of times too, but yeah, I know that, that loss that or that last, uh, that last DK fights a, a little bit of a doozy. It's, it's, it plays totally different than the rest of the ones. So like you're figuring it all out at that point, but, but even the ending of the game, it's like the, the it's almost like the way the story goes, like they're all friends after it's all, it's all <laughs> of over. course show up. They all show up on the Indian screen. They're all just hanging out. Yeah, I chased you all over the world to save this girl, and but it's all good. We're all friends. <laughs> There's that weird interview with Miyamoto where he said that like he views the Mario and the, the Mario universe characters as like they're they're all like putting on a play or whatever. So that's why you can see them being enemies in one game, see them racing carts together in another game or whatever. That's why the Mario three aesthetic is all like stage play kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So that, so it makes sense that at the end of the game, they're kind of, you know, it's almost like a little encore at the end of the play or whatever. It's like, yeah, oh, we're all friends. All, yeah. Giving their <laughs> bows and you know, the whole yeah. thing's just for fun. Don't worry. Yeah. It's just for fun. Nobody, Who cares? Nobody got hurt in the filming. In the making. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No actual donkeys or Kongs. Yep. <laughs> uh, so yes, now I think we've we've talked about it all. I think I think we've covered all the the gameplay. We crushed it. Uh, I have. I could only find like really there wasn't really any good facts, but the one thing that did stand out to me is that this game is where Donkey Kong gets his tie for the first time because the conceptual mm. art for this game came before Donkey Kong Country. And the art for Donkey Kong 94 actually came from a sketch from Miyamoto, whereas uh, Donkey Kong Country's Donkey Kong came from uh, Rare Designers instead of right. Nintendo. Like Kevin Bayless or Steve Mills or yep. somebody. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I I love that. I I love little you know factoids like that, like little and and like the Donkey Kong lore is kind of funny anyway. How like you have the original Donkey Kong who goes on to be Cranky Kong, and then Donkey Kong Junior is the Donkey Kong that we know or whatever. Yeah. And, it gets a little crazier than than <laughs> Nintendo likes, and I think that yeah. I think that's because of Rare, because Rare likes shenanigans. Like when you really get deep down and you look at all their games, they're just they're like a running joke and like they just have a totally different sense of humor than Nintendo yeah, does. Right. And you kind of see it bleed over, over time with Donkey Kong. Uh, but and I mean, there's some, some funny things going on in Donkey Kong too, but like the rares later games like conquer and, and uh, mm-hmm. even banjo Kazooie, there's lots of, lots of uh, non, you know, at that time, non-Nintendo humor that would not be in a Mario game or, or something of that nature that I, I really like. And I'm glad that they got Donkey Kong when they did, because like, I don't think Donkey Kong would have survived another decade without being handed off to somebody else right. to get a refresh. Right. You're like, right. I, I think that's a great point. Uh, yeah. I mean, really, that was one of Miyamoto's only things. He's like, Donkey Kong just needs a he needs a refresh and he needs something to establish himself uh, to make him different. You know, and that's how he got his tie because it's iconic. It's kind of like Mario and his hat. It was a way for people to, you know, put it all together and say, he's, mm-hmm. this is what he is. Uh, and he's not the same from the arcade game, but it was just kind of funny to learn that. Cause I, I assumed that the, 
him wearing the tie in this game came from Donkey Kong Country. But, you know, kind of reading around a little bit, found out that the Miyamoto actually made sketches himself for this game to to put the art together. And I think that's how Rare got their Donkey Kong. Yeah. Interesting, because it's so iconic now. Uh, yeah, yeah, now he doesn't doesn't leave home without it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he sleeps with it on now. <laughs> he does. Much more sophisticated. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's ready he's for a job interview monkey. for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he's classy. I, I love that, though. And, and you have to imagine, too, when they're, when Rare was, like, gearing up on development of Donkey Kong Country, they were probably talking to each other, you know, and being like, hey, guys, oh, yeah. like, this is, you know, th- this is kind of where we're going with Donkey Kong. We want Donkey Kong to, like, have this kind of identity now, and I'm sure that's that's what ended up, you know, working into their design for Donkey Kong. But, yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, I, I do just love that we can have these two flavors. I, w- I would love it if still today, like, if we still had that kind of Donkey Kong Country game, but at the same time had that kind of traditional 2D Donkey Kong game, like that that old school style like this, like, that would make me, like, so happy if, like, just, you know, you got your your country game and you got your, you know, your old school style Donkey Kong game at the same time. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine if they created the, uh, like, even just a remaster of this game, but it was in, like, the same engine as Donkey Kong Country? Yeah, be awesome. You know, something super colorful mm-hmm. and, you know, very polished. I think it would, it would look awesome. You know, it would be yeah. a very, it'd be a treat similar to what we got with Link's Awakening when it moved over. Uh, just hopefully without frame rate issues. <laughs> right. Yeah. Tell me about it. I love there. There's certain games that like just, just would scream, like do nothing to the game. Just, just, you know, redo the graphics or whatever, you know, make it modern. I would love if they were to take this game and do kind of a hand drawn, like almost like a Wario land, shake it or like yes. a way forward kind of hand drawn cartoony look to it, but with the exact same gameplay. Oh, that would be sick. Oh, that'd be awesome. It would. I don't know if we'll ever get it. This game seems to be like no. kind of forgotten, but, uh, I mean, it did live on with the Mario vs. Donkey Kong games, but they, they're they not a one-to-one gameplay comparison. You know, there's lots of different things going on with those games. Yeah, like, they popped and fizzled started. a little bit. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. We, we can keep our fingers crossed. Maybe we'll get some kind of update version of this, or, or maybe, maybe we'll have convinced an indie developer that they need to hop on it and make something for us. Yeah, shoot this out to indie devs, guys. Just steal Donkey Kong '94's ideas. Just make your own. Make make an indie DK '94. Well, look, look. I mean, look. Doug Bowser listens to my podcast, so Doug Bowser's listening right now, and he's <laughs> jotting this down. And uh... Uh. <laughs> uh. well, I think uh, I think that's about it. I think we'll wrap it up. like to give you guys at least one more chance if if you can think of anything that we missed uh if not you guys can go ahead and kind of just uh, if you have something that you would like to promote i know seth you have several ventures i don't Many know if, things uh i don't know if shannon is uh 
decide if he wants to do any kind of content creation or not, or, or just where he hangs out is you fine. You should. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully this summer I'm, I'm planning, I've got a, um, a couple of games that I, that I'm thinking I'd like to try to stream. Um, yeah. actually part of that Seth is because of you and, and, um, the influence of, uh, of keep Nintendo weird. Um, I don't want to jump into your stuff, but, uh, I just, I love the idea of going back and playing some of these forgotten games. Um, you know, like maniac mansion or, um, uh, princess tomato and salad. And just these, just these weird games that like nobody thinks about anymore. And, uh, but we're such a, key part of my childhood and so um hopefully uh we can get some stuff going this this uh summer and um i don't really do much in the way of social media these days but uh but i'm always on discord for and retrologic and uh and all the community of podcasts uh nintendo dads all in um nintendo pales so i'm around yeah man awesome you can go ahead next, Seth. I know you got yeah, a big list. I, I about to say, I, I have a lot of things. I guess I, I'll try to be brief, but I, I think we crushed it, guys. I, I think we, uh, I, I think we did a great job of talking about DK ninety four. Everybody, go play it. It's on the Virtual Console for three DS. Go play it while you still can. While you can go on there and grab it on three DS Virtual Console, do it. It's so good. Um, if we haven't convinced you enough, man, come on. Um, so I, I think it was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and and it was great to, to sit here and chat with you guys. Um, Shannon mentioned my show, keep Nintendo weird, which is one of my podcasts where, um, it's just me and a guest talking about a weird Nintendo game. It's just about the love of a weird Nintendo game. Shannon here, a man after my own heart talking about the, uh, the, the kind of weird undersung games that are worth talking about, worth highlighting. And that's what that show is all about. Um, I do that kind of just whenever I can. Um, you can search Keep Nintendo Weird and find that. Uh, my main show, which is a weekly Nintendo variety show, uh, show called All N, a Nintendo podcast. You can search All N, A-L-L letter N podcast and find that. Um, and that's just kind of a variety show. We do a bunch of different facets of, of being a Nintendo fan. We cover indie games. We do weekly top fives. We talk about all the latest news. I do that with my co-host, Eric. And uh, that's a lot of fun. I stream like most nights of the week. I'm, I'm going to stream right after we're done recording this. Right now, I've been playing a lot of Xenoblade Chronicles on stream and stuff. That's twitch.tv slash all in podcast and um, make a lot of YouTube videos. I do video essays on YouTube. That's youtube.com slash all in podcast. So, yeah, I, th- th- there's a lot, y'all. There's a lot. Well, we'd be here all night. I, I don't want to take up your entire <laughs> evening, but there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean definitely go go check out all the stuff that Seth's doing over at all in uh he's even doing a video series on mario bad guys yeah talking about yeah that was a lot of fun just, by the way, that oh thank you thank you i had so much fun making that i i just debuted that it's a new little video mini series called behind enemy lines and yeah i have all this knowledge and lore of dumb like mario enemies and so i'm like i can just pop out these little quick three to five minute videos, just, you know, bite-sized videos about the lore behind Mario enemies. So yeah, I did my first episode of that last week about the Goomba. So that was a lot of fun. Awesome. And yes, also congratulations on episode 100. It was fantastic. Oh, thanks dude. Uh, Yeah. You guys make me buy more games all the time because I need to buy (laughs) more games. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's a common thing. We have people in our Discord are like, oh, like every indie showcase, you got me buying a new game. Come on, man. RIP my wallet. <laughs> yeah, we we have a similar similar problem with uh, Retrologic. And, you know, yes. we'll be talking about a game and somebody's like, oh, man, I remember playing that. I need to go find that now. Before you know it, seven copies of Mischief Makers just got bought off of Mercari. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we had the whole plot movement at one point. I think we plot movement from our we owned all the copies. Oh, the price of that game got drove up about fifteen dollars on average. I think just because of Retro Logic. <laughs> I think so. I, mean, I think we we uh, definitely had a, had a more of an influence than what we were expecting to by pushing yeah, it between all the community stuff. October coming up uh, soon, man. Only a few months away. That's right. Every every <laughs> October's October. That's another that's another one that I'm surprised that we don't get any uh indie games that kind of model after because it's a totally different type of platformer than what we're used to. Hey, the uh, the way we inspire this change is doing what we're doing tonight, guys. Talking about oh, it. Oh yeah. You know, talk right? about it. Bring it out. So with that being said, I'll go ahead and uh announce the next show will be earthworm gym two, uh, as our community voted, it's the, uh, next in line for retro rewind. Uh, we're, we've been playing it since the beginning of the month of May. There's still plenty of May left, like 20 more days. If you guys want to play earthworm gym two, and I'll be putting out the, uh, questionnaire for engagement here soon, probably in the next week or so, uh, just to see what kind of format the show will take on. Uh, if I get lots and lots of uh, people that want to come on, we'll just do kind of a uh, chilled, relaxed, uh, sit down. Everyone shares an experience. Uh, if I get less people engaged, then I'll do like a normal show where I'll pull up a bunch of information uh, and we'll just run through the whole game. We'll run through the ringer. Uh, and basically how the, the Retro Rewind works and i've explained this before but every every other episode of uh on topic retro will, will for the most part be a retro rewind game i think there i think it works out to where there's a couple times where i'll have a, a couple shows in between just because it's not it's every other week and not bi-monthly uh but anyway everyone gets it's like a game club so everyone can just play the game at their their own leisure and then we all get to talk about it. It's all kinds of fun. Uh, everyone's in, invited to leave uh, experiences that they have in the game in the Discord if they don't want to come on the show and talk about it. And, you, and if you don't have Discord, which I highly recommend, so they're all fantastic communities that we promote here on the show. Uh, but if you don't have Discord, you can drop your experiences at ontopicretro at gmail.com and I'll pull them from there and put them in the show. I don't have any problems with that either way either way works so uh just as long as i get good experiences and everybody's word gets heard i'm fine with however it gets delivered <laughs> i love it <laughs> but uh but yeah that's that's the show so thanks for listening to on topic retro it's part of the retro logic family of podcasts which is kind of under a larger umbrella of the nintendo dad's umbrella of podcasts um kind of weird how that works since we both have a, a few different families but it's all it's all good it all has it all goes somewhere dude. it is yeah. <laughs> uh well one big happy family yeah man and like and like i said the uh if you want to join uh 
our Discord, which is RetroLogic's Discord. You can go to RetroLogic.games. There's a link there you can uh, click on to join. I would also like to say that you might as well go over and mosey on over to uh, Seth's All In Discord because there's a lot of good fellers there too. People that love games. That's the name of the game. Everyone wants to talk about games, and that's the place you go to do it. So it's definitely the, the place to be. So that's it for this episode. There will definitely be more. So stay tuned and uh, listen up, and I'll see you guys later. Bye now. Awesome. Ta-da!